Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. I'm just going to ask you for a favor today. I don't ask you for very much. I don't think you may feel differently, but I don't think I ask you for very much. But uh, I need you to lean in with me just a little bit longer because I feel like the Lord has given me a message uh, two Wednesday nights ago before church. I was praying and the Lord just put something in my heart. And uh, I know our service has been a little bit unorthodox today to some degree. I'm very, very thankful for everything that's happened. Please don't misunderstand that. Thankful for our Veterans Day presentation. Thankful for our Bible quizzers. That just kind of squeezed my heart. Amen, uh, in, in a very, very special way. Thankful for our CFC kickoff today. And uh, I was debating. I am very time conscious, believe it or not. I was debating about what to do. I felt like this was on my heart. And I just need, and every preacher here can understand this, I just needed God to confirm what to do one way or the other. And uh, Sister Chelsea has no idea, but she used a phrase from my message. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, that was my thumbs up. And so I just feel that I need to preach today, not because I have preacher's itch, but I feel like God wants to speak something today. And we can't duplicate, we can't replicate this moment. And so apparently God wants to speak to you and to me. Amen. And so I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. I'm going to do my very best to be as concise as I possibly can and not make this a marathon. And I hope your roast doesn't burn. Amen. Or the restaurant doesn't close. But I'll tell you what, if God moves here today, none of that will matter. God, none of that will matter. The book of Genesis chapter 11 and verse number 31. We greet all of our guests. Thank you for being here today. And uh, you've made this day special for us. Genesis eleven thirty-one. Amen. You guys must not think I could pull off being brief. <laughs> They voted with their feet right then, didn't they? And uh, the book of Genesis eleven thirty-one, And uh, the Bible says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son's Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from the Ur of Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran, and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now we go to chapter 12 and verse number 1. And Genesis 12 and 1 says, And the days, Genesis 12 and 1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. I didn't read this one particular passage of scripture, but earlier in chapter 11, the Lord, uh, according to the scripture, Terah, the father, 
was taking his family out of Ur Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. There was the initial call to go to Canaan and they got as far as Haran and they stopped there. But in time, the Lord spoke again to another generation and said the promise is still there. Canaan is still in sight. And if the Lord will help me today, I want to preach to you from this thought, which is a question. What price will you pay? What price will you pay? Amen. Lord, I love you today, and I'm just asking you to anoint my mind. And I pray, God, that a spirit of weariness that may be upon us now would just leave this building and let a refreshing wind of your spirit blow upon our heart and our minds and stir us today. And let the power of your word find its intended end. In Jesus' name, I pray. And you can be seated in the fear of the Lord. When Terah took his family to Haran, it was the intention to just stop for a moment. I don't know if that moment was for a night or an intended stretch of days. But for whatever reason, they never left there. Now the route to, from where they were in Ur of Chaldees to the land of Canaan would have been, uh, if you were looking on a map, if you were to trace this on, on a map, if they were to have just left their home and went directly to the left, if you're looking at that map, they would have made it to Canaan. But the brutal part of that journey would have been the desert. And so they went up and around to make their way to Canaan. And so they made this uh, fertile loop, as one writer said. They went up the Euphrates and then down the Jordan Valley. It would have been, according to the route they had taken, it would have been somewhere around 1,100 miles. However, when they got to Haran, they had traveled about 600 miles. And when they got there, they decided again for reasons that will, I suppose, always remain unknown to us. But they stopped there. It was a good place of commerce, so we could assume that maybe that would be the catalyst to say that this is far enough. We can have what we need right here. It was a region that was fertile and well watered, and perhaps because they could sustain their cattle and make a living that that would have been enough of a reason to stay there. Genesis 5, 12 and 5 suggests to us that they obviously prospered while they were in the city of Haran because when Abram did leave, he took with him all that he had gained while he was there, including people. And so we do know that it was a place of, of somewhat additions to their life. However, they were not where God was calling them to go. And I think sometimes we can reach a certain plateau in our own lives and certainly we can reach a plateau in the, in the history or the course of a church body and we can look around us and say, you know, we have everything that we need. All the ingredients are right here in place and it would be an easy thing to just kind of put this in neutral and Let's just coast along here. But I can tell you that I feel an urging in my spirit and have for a long, long time now that God is pulling us, pulling us, pulling us. Amen. They were not where God wanted them to be. I'm thankful for the 
for the services that we have and for the ministry that we have. I'm thankful for the gifting and the talent that God has blessed our church to have. But can I tell you that we are not yet where God wants us to be. I am not trying at all to create some sort of spiritual frustration in you today, but I believe that God must create in us a desire to move forward or we will just rest on our laurels. In time, God called Abram to proceed with his house to Canaan. Now, there's a point that I think that we should not too quickly overlook here. In order for Abram to get to the place that God wanted him to be, there had to be some things in his life that had to die. And I don't want to sound uncouth today, but, but Abram's father, which certainly represents his flesh, and that was his connection to this world. Without Terah, he would not obviously have been in this world. But his flesh had to die. His flesh, for whatever reason, cried out in Haran, this is far enough. And the voice of a father and the voice of flesh often is loud enough to stop us where we are. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. So his flesh had to die and be buried there in Haran in order for Abram and his family or the next generation to meet what God had destined for them and had prepared for them. Up to this point, it was Abram's flesh, if I could put it that way, that was doing all the directing. It was Abram's flesh that was doing all the decision making and there was a God that was crying out for them to move on. It's interesting that his flesh his father was willing to make a make the journey to a point. It's interesting that he was willing to go so far, but not all the way. But I think we all face that from time to time. We begin many things with the Lord, and at some point, our flesh cries out and said, that's enough. And too often, we give in to what our flesh desires more so than what our spirit desires. I mean, it shouldn't be lost to us that Haran basically had all they needed when they got there. Therefore, the flesh says, let's just rest right here. I know I'm underlining this a little bit, but we gotta get it today to understand that it's so easy to get in a place of ease and comfort and just say, we have everything we need. I've got it all, and so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rest for a little while. But you see, God has some promises that we've yet to experience and to, to to look back at our video today, there are some stars that are yet unseen. Amen. There's some things that we are yet to experience. And so I ask the Lord to help us to get to that point. Amen. I say, God, help me today that I can find a balance in you, of course, but I always want to be reaching, as the Apostle Paul said, pressing. Let there be a reaching and a pressing in my spirit. Amen. So we will just consider today some facts. Amen. And not really deal with the speculation of this story. Let's deal with the facts. God called Abram's father and his family to go into Canaan in the, in the concluding verses of Genesis 11. Yet despite this call, they only went part of the way. However, we know that God spoke to the next generation. He spoke to Abram. Amen. And that generation was willing to make the journey. I want to again say 
that Genesis 11:32 is an important passage because this is where Abram's flesh died. This is where his flesh died and was buried. God spoke again, but when God spoke to this second generation, he didn't give them a new word, he gave them the same word. I want you to go to the land of Canaan. The word, the direction was still the same. It was a new, the same word, but to a new generation. Now I believe, and it has been said many times by me and others, but I believe that God is calling us as a church to another dimension. I have felt this for many years. I'm not just talking about the fact that we ought to grow as a church because we're a living, uh, because we're a living body, but I'm talking about that there is something in our spirit. I'm not alone in this. I've had too many people in this congregation confirm this. Amen. I've had too many and we have as a church have had too many people that have come and stood behind this desk with a word of prophecy for us. Amen. I'm not talking about willy-nilly stuff, but a word of prophecy that kind of found us where we are. Amen. I say, Lord, help us today to hear the call of God and to realize that you're trying to draw us into a place. Amen. I believe that there are people here this morning that hear and feel that same calling. But here's what's scary to me. If we do not allow the Lord to help us rise to the challenge that he has presented to us. It is entirely possible that God will just speak the same word to another generation. Or perhaps God would speak the same word to another congregation. Amen. And just let us die off if that's what we desire to do. Maybe in a literal sense or maybe in a spiritual sense. But I pray that God would speak to this generation and that we would rise and hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Either way, I believe that God has the same word. The word that he's always promised is still true to us today. I feel to say something specifically today to our young people and to their parents, but I don't want to leave anybody out, and so I speak to all of us here today, but I want our youth to hear me this morning. I believe that God is doing a mighty work in the youth of the United Pentecostal Church at this very hour. We are seeing an unprecedented surge in our young people. Amen. We can talk about all the drugs and the debauchery and the sin and carnality that we want to talk about and I don't have my head in the sand. I understand much of what's going on around us but can I tell you that for every one of them there is a host of people that are saying, God, I want to make heaven my home and I want to take as many with me as I can when I go. Praise God. I want to read a portion of scripture to you this morning found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 16 and verse number 14. And it's a particular scripture. I want you to pay careful and close attention to it. Jeremiah 16 and 14. The Bible says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Now just keep that scripture there for just a moment. Amen. Jeremiah said, behold, the days come. Amen. That it will no more be said, the Lord liveth 
that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Amen, there's coming a day, in other words, the Lord said, that people are no longer gonna be talking about the Lord that brought them up out of the land of Egypt. Amen, why? Amen, the reason for that is simple. Amen, people are gonna quit saying the Lord brought me out of the land of Egypt because the Lord didn't bring them out of the land of Egypt. They're in another generation. Amen, they can say the Lord brought my my grandfather out of the land of Egypt or maybe the Lord brought my mother out of the land of Egypt but there's coming a day when they're going, there, it will no more be said that the Lord liveth that brought us out. In verse number 15, Jeremiah said to make it a little more contemporary, he said, but the Lord liveth, this is what they're gonna say, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whether he had driven them and I will bring them again into their land that I gave unto their fathers. In other words, there's coming a day in the life of every generation that we are going to have to develop our own stories. We are going to develop, God is going to develop in us our own testimony, our own experiences with the Lord. Amen, I'm going to tell you, I say it so many times, but don't get weary with me, please. Amen, I'm so thankful for the generations before me. I'm so thankful not only for grandparents and parents that serve the Lord. I told the Lord this again this morning. So if you're weary with hearing me say it, he sure not. It didn't feel like he was this morning. But I said, Lord, thank you for grandparents that loved you and served you. And thank you for parents that loved you and served you. But Lord, I want to thank you for also for the saints of God that populated the house of God when it was church time. I want to thank you for Sunday school teachers that just kept on teaching me the word of the Lord and for youth leaders, God, that kept on breaking little pieces of themselves off and planting it in me. I had no idea the level of sacrifice they were making, but they were putting a little bit of themselves and the word of God in me at the same time. Amen. We must develop our own experiences. I'm thankful for the history that I have, but can I tell you, if I stop talking about the Lord when I when I I just mentioned my grandparents' experiences or my mother's experiences or my daddy's experiences, then I've got something really grossly missing in my own life. Amen. Isaiah, Isaiah gave some instructive words in chapter 43 and verse 18. He said, remember ye no more the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Amen. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now by no means do I believe that the Lord was desiring them to lose their appreciation for the things that had happened in their past. Amen. But I think the Lord was trying to say that you got to stop just thinking about the God of yesterday and make him the God of today. Amen. I'm going to tell you today, amen, while we all can brag and boast surely in the Lord about some things in our life, there are some things that we cannot talk about. Amen. As the scripture said, I can't talk about the Lord that brought me out of the land of Egypt. I can't talk about what it was like to be there at the Red Sea that night. I can't talk about what it was like to be at the bitter waters of Merah. I can't speak of what it was when the water came out of the rock. 
Amen. I'll get a little more contemporary and help you. Amen. I can't even talk about going to a Brush Arbor meeting, although I've heard an awful lot about them, but I was never there. I can't talk about how some of this thing was started. Amen. Of those embryonic stages, I wasn't there. Amen. I can't talk about that. I wasn't here in 1940 when this church started in a tent. I wasn't here when they moved from the tent into the home of Sister Land. I wasn't here, amen, when the church had the old wood building donated to them. I wasn't here when the old block building was constructed and yet had no floor or no windows. But I'm going to tell you where I can start talking. Amen. About 1969, I was in a youth camp in Ocala, Florida. Amen. There was sawdust on the floor and a red hot preacher in the altar. Amen. And the Spirit of God began to move in my life. I was just seven years old and I was a long way from understanding all that I understand today. But God said, I'm going to push a seed of, of truth into the heart of this young man in the early 70s. The Lord brought my mother and my father here to this church and it was at that point I began to grow in the Lord and God began to give me my own stories. Amen. Of how the Lord has spoke to my heart and in my life. Amen. I'm not here to I'm not here to boast or bemoan anything here this morning but I'm here to tell you. Amen. That we've got young people in this church right now. They weren't even here just a few years ago but they're here now. Amen. I'm glad we've got a rich history for them. I'm glad we've got a rich history for them. I'm glad they have a past that they can connect their future to. But I don't want to just try to hand them yesterday's testimonies of what the Lord did for me or what the Lord has done for you. But I want to submit to these young people today, amen, that we're serving a living God that wants to give you an experience of your own. Amen. And one of these days, whether you ever stand in a pulpit or not, whether you ever hold a microphone or not, amen, one of these days, you're going to be able to open your mouth and say let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Amen. He said there's coming a day that people will no longer say the Lord liveth that brought me out of Egypt. Amen. To this generation there's coming a day. Amen. We're not going to be able to say the Lord liveth that was here in a tent. Amen. But we're going to be able to say the Lord was here in my life. In 2017 the Spirit of God got a hold of me at a camp meeting. The Spirit of the Lord touched me the youth camp. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. Amen. But every experience we have in God comes with a price. Amen. That price, for one thing, is being real. You can't live some other way Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and then pop up in the house of God on Wednesday and Sunday and believe that God is going to birth something in your spirit. Amen. We've got to be the same every day. We've got to sell out to him. Amen. And not take things with us that are ultimately just going to cost us in the end. I don't want to be unkind this morning to Abram, but I'm going to tell you why we praise Abram and his ability to walk away from his past. I just want to challenge your thought this morning with just one thing. He did walk away from his father. He did walk away from his father's grave. Amen. But I would just want to stir your pure mind with something. Amen. When he walked away from Haran, he took Lot with him. 
And if you've read anything about Lot, if you've read anything about where I am in Scripture this morning, we do know one thing. Lot was more trouble to Abram than he was a help. And I'm going to tell you that there are some things that we need to lay down. Amen. I'm just preaching to mom and dad this morning. Amen. You know why? Because you need to stand. You need to stand. Because if you don't stand, you can't have a hope of your children standing. Amen. I'm not just talking about standing while you've got children under your roof, but I'm talking about standing standing long after they're gone out from under your roof. Amen. We need a mom and a dad and we need elders in the church and saints in the church that says, you know what? I bought into this thing to stay. I mean, I put my roots down. I'm here. I'm not moving back. I'm not backing up. Why? Because we've got a generation that has a promise. We've got a generation that said, I'll lead you out and I'll lead you in. Amen. Praise God. I believe that the call of Abram was a similar call as the call of matrimony. Abraham, so to speak, the Bible says that we should leave and cleave. Am I in the book? Amen. And Abram was to leave this land but cleave unto the promise of that land. And you got to hold on even when it's tough to hold on. You got to embrace when it's tough to embrace. Amen. You've got to just let God be God when it seems like heaven is just brass and shut up. Amen. Abraham was called to leave his family and his homeland, but he was equally called to cleave unto God by faith. In Abram's day, it was to, for one to leave their family and their homeland was a very, very significant thing because that meant that you walked away from your source of significance and your source of security. Culturally, you were known and you were dealt with in relation to your parents and to your family. And so when you walked away from that, you walked away from a lot. The Canaanites would know, have no idea of Abram's past. Therefore, he, they would have no regard for his ancestry or his pedigree. And so to be among family was a safety net of protection. So the Lord knew what he was asking of Abram. And Abram knew what he was saying yes to when he said yes. Abram was forced to depend solely upon the Lord. Amen. Now when Terah and his family got to Haran, amen, I, I want to go back in the story for just a moment. When Terah and his family got back to, got to Haran, no doubt his father, Terah, considered that Haran was going to be a living place when in fact it turned out to be a dying place. I don't think that when Terah got to Haran that day that the first place he visited was the local cemetery so I can buy me a grave plot and pick out a headstone because he's looking at the commerce and the well-watered lands and he's looking at we can settle down here and we can make a living here. We can, we can put down roots here. He may have looked at that as a living place but in fact it turned out to be a dying in place. Amen. Sometimes things aren't what we think they're going to be. But nevertheless, God, God has a purpose in taking us there. I find something interesting, if you please. In the book of Exodus, Moses had a seeming, seemingly simple request. Amen. Moses had this simple request. He said in Exodus 33 and 18, I beseech thee to show me thy glory. Show me your glory. Sometimes we think God has taken us to a living place when in fact he's taken us to a dying place. We think God is, we're asking God to do this and we're asking God to do that. 
and we feel God leading us and we just assume that God is going to take us to that living place that we've been dreaming about and Moses was on his way so he thought to one of these living places he said Lord I want you to show me your glory I want you to show me your glory Moses desired to see the glory of God however amen the Lord looked back at him and this was his reply in verse 21 and the Lord said behold there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. Amen, I'm gonna tell you that Moses was asking to go to a living place but God said I'm gonna take you to a dying place. Amen, I wanna see your glory. I wanna see your glory, Lord. It seems like a simple request. I love you, Lord, and I wanna see you. I wanna behold your glory. And the Lord said, I tell you what I'm gonna do with you, Moses. I'm gonna stand you on a rock and I'm gonna put you in the cleft of the rock or in the crack of a rock. Amen, now that's not exactly, I wouldn't think what he had in mind. I want to see your glory. And now God just pushes him off into the crevice of a mountain. Amen. And then God even does more. He says, I'm going to limit what vision you do have because I'm going to put my hand over your face. I'm going to cover your face. And if I could just freeze the frame right here in your mind for just a moment, I wonder what would have happened in the life of Moses and how that would have ultimately affected you and I on this on this November morning. If when Moses said, Lord, I want to see your glory, and the Lord said, well, I got a place by me. I got another place, and I'm going to set you over here, and I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to cover your eyes or your face with my hand. I wonder what would have happened if Moses had allowed his spirit to get all bent out of shape. I wonder what would have happened if Moses had been so dejected and got a bad attitude because God didn't answer his prayer as he thought God God should have answered his prayer. Can I tell you, there's an old writer, forgive me for not being able to quote the scripture, but there's an old writer, and there's a writer of the Old Testament that talks about the man with a quiver in his hand and how that he takes that quiver, he takes the arrow from the quiver and he begins to polish the shaft of that arrow. Amen. And then the scripture says, ironically, that he places the shaft or the arrow back in the quiver. Amen. You see, no doubt, if we could just animate this, if we could animate this scene for you, if I could animate this arrow for you for just a moment, amen, when the man reaches in the quiver and pulls that arrow out, amen, if I could animate that arrow for you, that arrow is saying, oh, it's my day, it's my turn, I'm gonna get to go hunting today, I'm gonna take down the game today, it's finally my turn, everybody around me, they've been getting picked, everybody around me, they've been getting shot, everybody around me's got a trophy that they can boast of, but the writer says that he polished the shaft and he placed it back in the quiver. Amen. I wonder today how many times God gets us out. Amen. He begins to massage our spirit and we think it's about to happen now. God's going to answer my prayer. God is going to do something magnificent in my life and instead of putting us in the bow and the string, amen, Brother Williams, he just slips us back into the dark, 
think the dark dampness of that quiver and we think oh God what I thought I was ready I thought I was ready but you see amen the man holding the arrow knows when we're ready and if he and if he were to launch us before time if he were to launch us ahead of time it would be detrimental to everybody involved can I tell you today amen Moses I just want to stop and think I just want to stop and say thank you for keeping a good spirit I want to say Moses thank you for keeping your heart right and your attitude right when the Lord pushed you in the rock and he covered your face not trying to be too whatever here today but I don't like anybody's hand in my face that's, that's mine my space God's got him in a rock and he covers up his face it's not exactly how he thought it was going to play out but just stay still Moses stay still you can't see my glory but you can see my back parts I know you've heard it many times, but this is how Moses was able to write the first five books of the Old Testament because God showed him the hinder parts. That that had happened. The Lord revealed to Moses his past, but I also just wonder, just bear with me. I just wonder if God could have been showing Moses the manifestation that he was going to assume in the future when he walked past him and he moved his hand And now he sees the form of something moving away from him. Moses, this is a moment of revelation. Don't blow this. Don't miss this by just because something has not turned out like you think. Amen. 1 Timothy 3.16, I'm just going to read it. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. This appearance did take place. Amen. We find God putting him into the cleft of the rock, covering his face with his hand and passing by in such a way as to exhibit perhaps, amen, this human likeness. And I just wondered, I just wondered last night and this morning as I began to just try to be still and let God speak something into my spirit if this is not what John had in mind when he penned the words and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. (laughs) The glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. We beheld his glory. Amen. God is speaking in a revelatory fashion today. I'm gonna ask you to stand and I want you to please don't dismiss in your mind. We often pray, whether we use these words or not, you you will understand the gist of where I'm going. We often pray for the Lord to open the windows of heaven, pour out his spirit, rain down, in whatever capacity we may envision that to be in. Open the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. We kind of look up when we pray those prayers with expectation. Open the windows of heaven, Lord. There's only one reference. There's only two references, excuse me, in scripture of 
windows being opened in heaven. One of those is in Malachi, talking about giving. The other scripture that is mentioned is Genesis 7, during the flood. And I want to read this to you, Genesis 7 and 9. And there went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. Genesis 7 and 10, the Bible says, and it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Verse 11, in the the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth 40 days. We often pray for God to open up the windows of heaven and forget that the scripture says also that the fountains of the great deep were broken up. Because everything or every source of the flood did not just strictly come from above but some sources came from beneath. Because the scripture says that the fountains of the great deep were broken up. And so the flood had two sources. The fountains of the deep, which were springs and things, we're familiar with that, and the windows of heaven, which is rain. Now I leave you with this thought today that in order for the foundations of the deep to come forth, the earth had to first be broken. God made man from the dust of the earth. That's where we got our flesh. And so the earth represents our flesh. And so we can't just pray for God to open up the windows of heaven we also need to pray for God to break up the foundations of the deep or break our flesh. So the question we have to ask is, what price will we pay? What price will we pay? In many worlds, what I'm about to say is true, but you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. In the world of software, there are free versions of things. But I'm gonna just go ahead and warn you before you light the candles and start the party. Anybody in the IT world will tell you this, that free equals limited. Yes, it will do some things. But at some point, you're going to request it to do something and another screen is going to come up. See, if you need it to do this, there's a higher price. Can I tell you that we're paying enough of a price to have the kind of church we're having? I think we're having good church. I'm not being critical. 
But if we really want testimonies that will take us into generations, what price will you pay? What price will you pay? Well, we say like Tira that, well, this is enough. I mean, you know, this is good enough. Or will we hear that deep calling out to deep? Because I believe that heaven's calling and speaking to something deeper in us. And here's what I think. I don't think I'm alone in this. But I think many, maybe not all, but I think many people in this church feel what I feel when service is over. No matter how high we may hang our coat on the stars, I go back to my office or to my home and I think, but I don't think we got exactly where God wanted us to be. Amen. I'm not trying to spiritually frustrate you, but I am telling you that if we are not willing to pay no more than what we're paying, then you need to settle in because this is as good as it gets. The truth of the matter is it will decline. That's the truth of the matter. It will decline. But I want to say, Lord, help me to be willing to pay the price. Help me, God, to be willing. And so those times when the Lord kind of places us back in the quiver are those times when we feel like God really didn't hear our prayer quite like we prayed it because I asked to see your glory and all I feel is this cold rock and and your hand all in my face. I can't see anything. Just hang on, Moses. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And I believe today that for more than one in this house, God has us in a place by him. But if we can keep our heart right, he don't have us there to pick on us. He just wants to show us something. Amen, show us something. I, I don't really know about you today, but I just feel like I need to find a place to pray. I feel like I need to find a place to talk to the Lord. You see, we all want what others have had, but we may not be willing to pay the price they were paying. Amen. You can thank me strange if you will. Label me as you please. Amen. But I believe that God is wanting to do something spectacular. I'm thankful for yesterday's testimonies. I'm so thankful. Sister Jane, I'm thankful that I can personally remember as a child them leading people to their car drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm so I'm thankful I can remember things like that. But I don't want to try to live on that. I want to try to live on what happened yesterday in their lives, in that generation. But I want to find an experience for me today. Amen. I, I don't know what you have to do right now, but I just feel that there's a spirit of prayer There's an urgency of prayer. And I'm asking you, would you entertain and would you answer that today? It would be so easy just to walk away. It would be so easy to kind of carry on with the rest of your daily schedule and I know we all have one. But I believe there's a spirit of heaviness today in our heart that's calling us to a special place. In the name of the Lord, God, I'm asking you today, Let your spirit speak expressly in this house, in this hour. Speak to our heart now, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Amen, 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 amen. Amen. You don't have to come to the front today, but if you could pray right where you are, I'm just asking you to please be moved by the word of God. I'm not asking you to be moved by my preaching. I'm asking you to be moved by the word of God. And if we're not moved by the word, then we ought to ask ourselves why. Why, Lord, why trouble me and stir me? God, let your spirit dig and gnaw in my heart until I make a move to you. I've got to change some things about me. I've got to change some things about me. I've got to change some things about me. Oh God, oh God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.